today. Uh, jobless claims jump another 2.4 million. Four states are miscounting their coronavirus numbers. Gosh, who would have, who would have called that? Not us here at Blaze TV. And uh, Minnesota says come gather in restaurants, but not in churches. We've got a lot coming up today, and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by Grant Stinchfield, Newsmax host. Grant Stinchfield, back in the house. Thanks for being here. It's great to see you, Sarah. We also are joined in studio, not remotely, by the one and only Steve Dace, host of the Steve Dace Show here on Blaze TV. We're glad that you're here and that you got here safely, and hopefully you did not catch coronavirus by plane. I did not. This is just uh, my little act of civil disobedience was to fly down here today. We love it. Love it. Totally on board with it. it. And I love that you're practicing what you're preaching, by the way. Uh, And also joined by uh, Yaku Buyans, fellow at the Falkirk Center and a filmmaker, just jack-of-all-trades extraordinary. Uh, all right, let's jump into it. So another 2.4 million people applied for unemployment once again uh, for the first time last week, bringing the total number of out-of-work Americans to over 38 million. Now, just to put this into perspective, that is uh, greater than the combined population of 21 states. So just the 21 states. Uh, it's pretty incredible you to know, think so- about. Clearly, people are suffering, and we talk about this all the time. I think it was totally expected that you see these numbers where they are, and they will come back. But I was just doing my homework and watching MSNBC, and as these numbers are coming out, you know what they push? Oh, there's a positive to all of this. Carbon emissions are down because there's no vehicles on the road. So people can't go to work, and their positive is the carbon emissions are down while people are being financially ruined. Wow. It's not like when Captain America said to, to Black Widow, well, I can see... After the snap, I can see fish in the Hudson again. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. so, Steve, do you agree with Grant that all these jobs come back? Because I'm less optimistic that everything comes back. I I don't think they will all come back. Um, Or if they do, I think they will come back in different forms with different businesses. I think you're going to see a certain percentage of small businesses that just were not able to acquire the loans, did not have the cash flow, and will not come back. And you're seeing all kinds of anecdotal stories on social media of legacy restaurants all over the country that are going under. I think this is the absolute dumbest management decision in all of American history. It could very well be, when you look at how many other nations got on board with it, the dumbest management decision in all of human history. Except a lot of those other nations, we're up to 20, more than 20 uh, nations now are sending their kids back to school. A lot of those other nations, you know, Israel went from the worst lockdown of them all to basically Sweden in about a month. And we're going to, it appears we are bound and determined to make this evolution slower than even France is making it right now. Yeah. Well, so how much, you know, you obviously are very critical of all of these lockdowns. Mm -hmm. Um, How much fault do you put on President Trump? A lot, but not all. Okay. Um, I think that the mistake that the president made was not the original lockdown. Now, I, if I worked in the White House, I wouldn't have advised it from day one because right. we don't have the data to do it. Right. And you're, you're going off a data model from Neil Ferguson at Imperial College that is funded by a climate alarmist named Jeremy Grantham who thinks we've had a 250-year fossil fuel energy bubble that we need a proto-green New Deal. Their assumptions were flawed. It was a scam from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I can understand why when you have a virus that mutates from animal to animal to animal to human, that's why it's called a novel coronavirus. Mm-hmm. We've not seen that before. Right. We've seen all kinds of coronaviruses before, but this was new. And you don't trust the data from China. I can understand why you might say, hey, let's let's take a couple of weeks and do our homework here and make sure it's not the frickin' stand, mm-hmm. okay? 
The mistake the president made, in my view, was extending it another 30 days. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even the extension, but by going the full 30 days up front, he gave Newsom and all these governors all over Inslee and Washington, he gave them all a giant fig leaf to cover their nether regions and to, and to use him as their shield to say, it's not my fault. The White House says we should do this. And that's what they're advising us to do. And, and had he not made that decision, then the pressure that's on all these blue state governors that they're facing right now, they would have faced it two to three weeks ago. And we'd be a lot closer to the rebound that Grant was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just had a weird feeling. I, I'll never forget it. The moment he declared a national state of emergency, something in me just said, they're going to run with this. They're going to abuse this. They're going to take this moment. And, it's, it, and you're going to see your down ballot guys. Your, your local county judges, et cetera, just abused this. And look, I think he was in a corner. I mean, he was in a tough mm-hmm. spot. Mm-hmm. You're on the heels of impeachment, you're fighting for survival for your life in the White House. You're thinking four more years. It's tough. It was, and you don't know who you can trust. That's, that's, a, that's, biggest, a, that's a major the biggest problem. problem. You don't. I mean, he's intel, got... and the intel, sorry, Grant, but the intel he had already, now that we know, mm-hmm. as people in the inner circle that were running with the radical left and the institutions and the Ivy League boys out of control, right? I mean, how many times have they backtracked on the numbers that they brought us? It's daily. Daily they come back. Now we hear about states miscounting. But so he was in a tough spot for me, but I'm with you. That second, that extension was... Was a death man. Let me just explain why I think we'll see jobs come back. One, I think to see the types of jobs that were lost were service industry type jobs and lower paying type jobs. I think many of your middle class America office jobs are working from home. They have not been laid off as of yet. The problem is the money's going to run out from the federal government. So I was at a restaurant today and the restaurant owner, God bless her, she's open back up but still still struggling. Says I'm having trouble rehiring my employees because they're making more money yeah. on unemployment yep. Yep. and the subsidy from the federal government. There's no incentive for them to go back to work. Mm-hmm. Now, if the businesses can survive, which I'm hopeful that they can, if they can survive this while the government's still handing out money, at some point that money runs out, those people have to return to work. And I think Americans are Americans. We like going out to dinner. We like going to the movies. We like having fun. All that stuff will return. We're not going to be able to take this much longer. I know I'm already at the end of my rope with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So just one thing, you know, uh, some of those numbers, an interesting fact, though, there's a lot of fur- furloughed. So yeah. there's, a, there's a lot. And, and are we counting those? Because there's a lot of employers that I've spoken to that, look, I furloughed my employees, but they're coming back. Now, that's with the hope that mm-hmm. business returns as normal. But the intention is rehire them. And I, right. and I spoke, I mean, a big Dallas corporation who didn't qualify for the PPP because they're more than 500 employees said, look, furloughed, they're going to come back course business needs to pick up and that is driven by american consumption right by the by our habits and i do think that comes back for instance i think people do go to nfl games later in the season i, I agree think they show up i agree wholeheartedly i think the advantage the president has here is who his opposition is and that's an evergreen like on every topic <laughs> but it's it's particularly it's particularly blatant here he should be right now lbj the summer of 68 with vietnam and we crossed 50,000 deaths and he's in over his head, and he, and he goes from winning a massive landslide in 64 to, I can't run for re-election, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. That's where he should be. If, yeah. if we had a right of center versus a left of center and a largely reasonable political discourse, that is where Donald Trump would be today. Well, why should he be there? He, but, he's done a good job along the whole way. I don't believe well, that the, he the, should just, be there. The, re- any- the reason why is because you would have had... Democratic governors saying, look at all the unemployed I'm dealing with. Look at the over, how we're overrun in our state. 
Instead, what's happening is the Democratic governors and the Democratic Party has clearly decided that staying shut down for as long as possible is in their political best interests. And if you look at what's gone on with Gavin Newsom in the last week, so on Thursday, the California University System comes out and says, hey, we're not putting kids out to school in the fall, which is a ridiculous decision. On Sunday, he goes out and says to Jake Tapper, our kids may never come back to school again until there's a vaccine. On Monday, though, after the Republican governors in Arizona, Texas, and Florida welcome professional sports back, Monday, after saying this to Jake Tapper, he then goes out there and says, we're bringing sports back, guys. <laughs> Yesterday, he said to Hollywood, you can start filming TV and, yes, radio and, yes. and, and, and movies again, because they're fe- now, now that Trump has not renewed any more guidelines, see, these guys are now on their own. Mm-hmm. And they would love to sit there and play favorites and footsies with MSNBC and stay shut down forever, but they ultimately can't feel the market forces. And so they've left Trump an enormous amount of room to pivot here where now they could have hung Trump with both if they weren't communists. They could have potentially hung him with 100,000 dead and 40 million unemployed. Mm -hmm. Now they're going to give him a chance to say, look how many lives I saved by locking the country down, and now we're bringing the country back at the exact same time. Because the Democratic Party has just clearly decided that they won't take yes for an answer, and they only want to win if it's on their terms. They won't just take a W. It has to be the specific Marxist argument that they want to win every time. Um, I I do want to get to kind of circle back to something that you brought up, Steve, which is schools. Um, I did read that the CDC uh, released (laughs) some guidelines. Yeah, I know. Uh, Released some guidelines on reopening schools. And I mean, it's just the perfect epitome of the goalpost shifting Mm -hmm. that we keep talking about. You know, Mm -hmm. they say uh, children over the age of two need to wear masks. There need to be partitions up, plexiglass partitions where you can't include six feet of social distancing, which I guess they think we're going to have happen for the rest of our lives is six feet apart every single time. Uh, They recommend one-way hallways so that the kids can only go one way. They are only supposed to be taught by one specific teacher. They don't want them changing teachers. They don't want them in the lunchroom. They don't want them on the playground. Is John Travolta in the bubble as well? (laughs) They don't want them. They don't want them uh, on the playgrounds even though there's absolutely no scientific evidence that we have that show that, I mean, they just came out the other day and said touching contaminated surfaces, not really a a way of transmission, don't worry about it, yet they're still uh, putting all of these recommendations, guidelines on the schools. Now, obviously they are, they get to sit back and say, well, they're just guidelines. Every state can determine what they want to do for their children. But as Steve just pointed out, Grant, I mean, we see, especially in these left-leaning states, we see the governors, uh, we see, you know, the, the statesmen saying, well, I mean, we're just doing what the federal government told us to do. That's what, what, that's what well, we have to do. The other thing, too, is what does every politician have in common? They don't want anything hung on their right. watch or their mm-hmm. shoulders. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's easier just to shut everything yeah. down than have a bunch of dead people falling left and right or, God forbid, kids As long as they can sick. say we were just doing what the higher-ups told just us to do. Doing what the higher-ups yeah. told us to do. So it's going to take bold leadership at some point to say enough is enough and and look at the science behind it. I still have not seen any evidence that kids are greatly affected by this. And I'm tired of the left giving me one-offs of some kid who got sick. I feel so horrible for that kid who got sick. You're going to have one-offs. But when you look at the numbers, and you've got to look at the percentages, not the total numbers. Mm -hmm. When you look at percentages, it's going to cost us so much more financially, health. You name it, to keep kids closed. 
I mean, you've talked about it, Yako, about parents having to stay home from work. And you know, stuff. You, the collateral damage is insane. Okay, what's going on here? When you have, when you have, there's things on the show we're going to cover. When you've got doctors and teachers starting to cry out, and these are from liberal states. Mm-hmm. And I love that. When you start seeing people waking up going, wait a second, I've been a Democrat for you know, 30 years my whole life, but this is just doesn't make any sense. I feel like logic's going to return. I think hindsight, we're going to look and say, well played, Mr. President. I really do think so. He's going he, to retain the White House. But we're going to say the cost was a problem. Yeah. It, it cost us too much. It's a different way to do this. And this whole one-size-fits-all approach was a disaster from day one. Okay? Mm-hmm. N- nothing in medicine works that way, by the way. Nothing. A buddy of mine's getting ACL surgery. I said, you understand the next five guys, there's minor differences in every surgery. He said, yeah, yeah. I said, so why do you think one size should fit all when we deal with coronavirus? Mm. And why are children being targeted all of a sudden? I can tell you why, Sarah. They want to drive fear back into the parents. That's exactly right. This is the tool they're using. It's a fear game. Your kids, you know, you touch a mama's kids and they shut everything down themselves, right? And lastly, and I know I'm ranting. That goes for right? dads too, but Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, dads just show up and take care of it. Right? But, but, but lastly, and, and sorry for ranting, is, is uh, I got to believe, and I'm with you, that the American, the American public at some point here are going to find some things to unify around and just say, look, I got to survive. Mm-hmm. So surviving here, freedom is, in fact, more important than safety. Because you know, Gavin Newsom, they will run that. To January, if they could. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the what's this, uh, one or of the, the first Wednesday in November. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Steve, what are your thoughts on these uh, the new CDC guidelines? Because I saw them, and, and quite frankly, I was like, I have my son in a charter school that I, I mean, I searched high and low and was so excited to get him in. And I'm like, if they implement this, this is, we're releasing prisoners and we're bringing prisons basically to schools. I can't send my kid back to school if that's the case. I will tell you, as someone who's been involved with a team of researchers around the country and has probably researched this virus the last couple of months, our team has as much as anybody in the country has. Our CDC, our data, is the worst in the world. I would trust it only slightly above China's. (laughs) Um, We are getting far better data from countries around. There's a direct correlation, folks. The more transparent a country is about its data, the more aggressively it goes to reopen. And, what's, what, what, and, and what we have going on here is Orange Man isn't bad in Denmark, and Orange Man isn't bad in Norway, and Orange Man isn't bad in Iceland, and Orange Man isn't bad in, in Germany and in Israel. So those countries are pushing the kids back to school and reopening. Mm-hmm. Because Orange Man is bad here. You're getting, what, what the CDC does is they do raw docu-dumps like a lawyer does, you know, to, where they put the document that you really want, that you're subpoenaed in a, mm-hmm. in a, in a, in a barrel and you never find it. We, ha- we have to stratify all our own data. All these other countries just hand it to us by demographic, by generation. And, here, and here, here's the reality. If it's not just the CDC, by the way. That goes to every city hall yeah, in America. Yes. Yeah. But Red, Redfield, Redfield, transparent. Redfield ought to be fired. I was, on a call, I was on a private call with a group of conservative insiders briefing them on this a few days ago who have been into the White House. And I told them that guy ought to be fired. He's screwing you over. Mm-hmm. He's a Fauci uh, protege. You can't trust anything he's telling you. Mm-hmm. Last month, they had the guidelines that we had to do all mail order voting. That's not your purview. Mm-hmm. Maybe instead of pontificating about the voting practices, how about we actually save our grandparents in our nursing homes? Why don't we, why don't we do that? Because unless you're governed by a New York state politician and over the age of 70 in a nursing home, you're not, you're going to have a better chance of standing out here on I six on one of these interstates and get run over by a truck than you do of dying of coronavirus. And so I, I think our entire CDC operation is a sham. 
Mm. All right. Well said uh, by everyone at the table. We've got a lot more coming up, including uh, there are at least four states who are combining their numbers on coronavirus, which means you are being misled. But we'll get more into that after the break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Rough Greens. So uh, if you are a dog owner, I know you love your dog. I know you buy your dog. Uh, probably you spend more than you would like to spend on dry dog food. And you're thinking, well, I got nothing but the best for my little pup. Well, uh, newsflash, there's nothing that's still alive in that dry dog food uh, because they have to sterilize it to give it that long shelf life. So they're killing all of the nutrients in it that your dog needs to live a happy, healthy life. That is where Rough Greens comes in for you. It is a premium dog food supplement. Again, I said supplement. You sprinkle it on top of your dog's food. It does not replace your dog's food. And it brings all of those vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, probiotics, omega oils, antioxidants back into the food. It's going to support a healthy skin and coat, improve your dog's digestion. And if you have an older dog, uh, I know our dogs don't live as long as we would like them to. If you have an older dog, it gives your dog a more youthful energy, improves their mobility. Your dog's going to love it. You can take the Rough Greens 14-day Jumpstart Challenge today. For $14.95, you will see the difference in your dog in 14 days or less. We have it at my house. I have just a pup, so I'm not dealing with old, uh, older dog issues. But she was picky with her food until we started giving her Rough Greens. Now she eats it right up, and I can feel confident that she is getting the nutrients that she needs. All you got to do is go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That is R-U-F-F greens.com slash blaze. Back in a minute. Four states uh, combined their data on coronavirus from two different test results, which obviously is going to lead to, you know, <laughs> wrong numbers uh, at the very you heart of You just mix them together with a cup of water, eye of newt, and stir it together. Right, and, okay. yeah. I mean, cocktail. Yes. what could possibly go wrong there? And now this is something that I've been saying to local people for a while because Texas is one of the states that is doing this. Um, at, but you have Virginia, Texas, Georgia, and Vermont. Now, what they're doing is they're... Um, including viral test results and antibody test results in their positive cases, but they're not differentiating what's what. So you've got the viral test results from the swab, that gigantic swab that I think we'll we'll get to later. We have a a segment on that. But the swab that they swab you for an active case, Mm -hmm. right? And then you've got the antibody results that shows whether or not you've had a past infection in your blood. And these states think it's a good idea to just commingle the numbers together, not differentiate uh, to the public which ones are like actually active true cases, which ones are recovered cases. I saw that, which led to, by the way, I saw headlines, uh, you know, like clockwork two weeks or so after Texas reopens and you've got all of these headlines. Texas has the largest number of coronavirus cases, you know, in one day. And then you look at the data and you're like, well, this isn't even accurate um i know i feel like this is probably just it's i mean texas it's it's redundant right at this point because we just talked about the cdc and how horrible they are but but i mean it's the same deal here Texas throws a monkey wrench in my philosophy in this but so what they're saying is just oversimplified is if i I test positive for the antibody test and i test positive that i have it Mm -hmm. now you got two cases just because of me that's one (laughs) case okay Mm -hmm. that makes no sense there is no way that is just some oversight There is no way some data researcher who's punching in numbers didn't know that they shouldn't combine the two numbers. I promise you. 
This is on purpose from whoever is working so deep inside of these states to inflate the numbers. It is in their best interest to inflate the numbers when they're looking for money back from the federal government, when they're looking to scare the American public, when they're pushing their liberal deep state agenda. Mm -hmm. This is in their best interest to do this. And I would say it's funny, right? We live in America. Oh, my gosh. How dumb are they that they're doing this? They're not dumb. Mm. They're doing this for a reason, That's and it incredible. is to scare everybody again. Yeah, Steve, um, I, at least in Texas, I did read that uh, there was a reporter who actually, I guess, was trying to do their own job and asked the, the DSHS. Yeah, those down here. I, m- okay. One or two, maybe. Okay. Just a couple. <laughs> okay. uh, they were trying to ask the health department, okay, so can you at least tell us how many of, you know, can mm-hmm. you just go back and look? Maybe it's not available in this graph right here, but surely you can go back and look. And they just said, no, we don't. We don't have that. So, so, there's some antibody test results in here, but we don't know how many. I've been very disappointed there's not been a national antibody push. The CDC should have done that right away. There's been very little coordinated national effort. To, I mean, we all saw the escalator charts in the beginning of March. We had no cases on March 3rd and February 28th. And now, look at the, well, we don't know when the virus arrived. That's why you do these, pre, these seroprevalency tests. Mm-hmm. And some states have done them. Ohio has found that, and Pennsylvania found they had cases going back to December. Yep. We've got a dead body in Santa Clara County from February 6th, which meant you're looking at an infection that's at least 30 days old. Right. If, you're, if you had a dead body there and it's from community spread. So you have to ask yourself, what would be the motivation for why the CDC would not push to do what Denmark and a lot of these other countries have done, which is national cataloging of, of antibodies? Why would they not do that? Well, there's two possible reasons. One is incompetence and the other is malfeasance. Mm-hmm. And I, regardless of which motivation you think that it is, the end result is just the same. As to what your, what your governor is thinking, the only if, if I... You know, I was trying to figure out the other side of the argument. Yeah. What, what would the other side of this argument? What, the only thing I can think he could be thinking, because I agree with Grant, the only thing he could think, I could think he'd be thinking is, if I include antibody testing in the total number of cases, because what's the big fear? Asymptomatic spread. Right. We shut everything down originally because of all these healthy kids right. and uh, millennials. We saw the people doing body shots off their butt cracks in Florida, and they were going to go back and kill granny, right? So asymptomatic spread. Well, if I count antibody testing in all these other tests, and then I show that the, the, the infection rate, when, and now we've got all these other cases, mm-hmm. but the infection rate is so now, the more cases we have, the less infections we have. And the less yeah. infections we have, the more the CFR drops. But that would, that would assume a level of four-dimensional chess that, frankly, I don't know your governor well enough to know mm. if he's clever enough to be well, thinking along those lines. So I, I, know, I, I know the governor. I know him personally, and he's a great, fabulous governor. I, I'm not convinced he no. even knew the numbers like that okay. were happening. Okay. I, I, don't, I think that was well below him, and I would have loved to have seen his face when, when this story comes across his desk. Well, and it is interesting because I, I'm a big fan of, of Governor Abbott. I mean, I... Uh, don't hesitate to criticize him on this particular issue because I don't think he's handled it well. But, you know, so you can appreciate the governor here and also look at how he's handled this. We may be handling it one of the we may be one of the best states in handling it, but that's not saying much at this point. Right. Yeah. Look, look I'll tell you, I agree with both you gentlemen and the lady at the table. It's just been wrong from the get go. The numbers have been off from the get go. We have we have. This is, this is sprint, crawl, walk, you know, is what we've done here. We haven't had any facts to substantiate anything we've been doing. And so, yes, we had to make some decisions early on. What you just explained to me just speaks more to the whole flatten the curve mm-hmm. kind of, you know, it's mm-hmm. flatten the curve. And I, and I would understand if Governor Abbott, who I do support, I think the guy's a champion. In this case, that would make sense. 
show the flatten the curve mm-hmm. to, to do what? To take fear out of the equation. Mm-hmm. To say, hey, people, let's get out there. You're not going to die. You know, saw a guy in a, you know, one of my guys saw a guy on a motorcycle with a mask with no helmet yesterday. I go, that's rich. <laughs> Did he, did he pull on the side of the road okay. to smoke a cigarette? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, right? yes, yes. So, what, the, the virus is chasing you? It's coming right. for you at 60 miles an hour. It's got your number. I mean, this is, so, so that would eliminate the fear element, but we haven't had real num- numbers, and, and the lack of transparency is the issue, and the lack of sharing of information, and that's in American history. Even in law enforcement, you know, we do not share data. Department to department, and healthcare department to healthcare department, we don't share well mm-hmm. in this country. We really do not. And so a lot of big decisions make American lives lost outside of Corona collateral damage because we've done some things that in hindsight, we're going to shake our heads at. Which I, I brings up uh, a story that we I had planned for earlier, but we didn't get to it. But let me bring it up really quickly. The what, 600 doctors who signed uh, this petition saying, you know what, like we have to end this lockdown. You guys aren't looking at, when you're looking at deaths from something, you're not looking at all of the, you know, outside circumstances that we're not looking at, we're not finding cancer now because people aren't coming in for their preventive mm-hmm. appointments. Uh, people aren't coming in to, you know, children aren't coming in to take their vaccines. If you are on the, the bandwagon that, you know, you need to take vaccines in order to make sure that you prevent diseases. Um, there are a lot of things that are going to fall through the cracks when it comes to health and it's just interesting to me, um, Steve, that you have, you know, Dr. Fauci, who I, he's a doctor. I'm not. I got it. He went to more school than I did. But it just feels like you should be, uh, you know, you, you should be considering all of these different factors of health when you're talking about the true health of a person and of a country. I go back uh, to the call I had with some insiders a couple days ago, and they asked and, and question was asked, hey, if I worked in the White House, what would I advise the president to do if I were his political director? And I said, what I would advise the president to do is go back to the original flatten the curve talking point. Mm-hmm. Go out in front of the country and claim victory. That was the original mission. Bring it back full circle to what the original mission was. Even be self-deprecating and say, hey, we flattened it so much, we're now closing rural hospitals and the, health, and the hospitals are empty. Yeah. You, we won. You got, we asked you guys to do this. The American people responded. Act like April never happened. Yeah. Take back the narrative, go back to mid-March, claim that win, and then, and then pivot to become a champion of reopening. Yeah. Because one of the things that's fascinating to me about this from the very beginning is I went into this thinking this was going to be like the blaze Breitbart wing versus all of academia, you know, like climate change. Yeah. And I was shocked from the beginning to see Oxford push back on Imperial College, to see Stanford push back on IHME. Mm. Um, are, there, have, there have actually been a, a massive cadre of experts. The guy running Sweden's program, mm-hmm. he is the, fir- he's the, he's the original infectious disease expert for the European Union. There have been experts all over the world who still think there's 57 genders and we're going to die from the temperature in 10,000 years who have thought these lockdowns and the Fauci strategy, they called BS on it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the great mysteries we need the answer to when this is over, and you said, Grant, he, he's got people around him he can't trust. Mm-hmm. We've got to figure out what was the information change that yeah, went to the president here? How come only yeah. experts that had the most negative yep. doomsday proposition? I mean, now you got Fauci standing outside in the sunlight with a mask on behind the president. How come only one side of experts were listened to and people at renowned expert, uh, highly elite universities have been ignored? I would well, like to know I the answer te- to that. I can tell you the answer to that is people in government think they know and are better than all of us. Mm. And that goes for big government career bureaucrats. 
It is an elitist society, and they think they know better. So they're not going to listen to a professor at Stanford or Yale uh, or yeah. Oxford. And granted, there's, there's foul play behind the scenes. I'm just telling you. At some point here, we're going to come back and we're going to talk Bill Gates for a minute somewhere in the future. Mm-hmm. And the connections and Fauci and why and what is the narrative and who benefited financially from this virus? Who did what? You know, because there's, there's foul play behind the scenes here. And, and it's all about information. This is why I said earlier, if you're the president, which, which I can't be, I'm an immigrant, but let's say you were the president, one, but you want to at least drink from a fire hose in a situation like mm-hmm. this and at least have a, a couple hose lines you can trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I mean, it's, it's think, been think, very once uh, imbalanced. Think if you run any business or any in enterprise, someone comes to you and say a cataclysmic event is going to happen on your watch right now. Wouldn't you want as many opinions on that before you acted as possible? Mm-hmm. You tell me two million people are going to die or we're going to have 40 million unemployed. Before I act, I'm going to want to get a second opinion. Yeah. All right. We've got more coming up, including uh, Minnesota limiting church attendance more strictly than restaurants. All right. <laughs> Can't wait to get the guy's take on that. Back in a minute fighting this one hard. All right, uh, Minnesota Governor Tim Walz announced that uh, beginning June 1st, tattoo parlors and salons uh, will be allowed to partially reopen. Restaurants will be able to serve up to 50 customers at a time on outdoor seating. Uh, now the restaurants can only, you know, that you got to maintain the six feet of social distancing because, like I said, apparently that's just a forever rule in society now. Uh, max- masks will be required of workers and strongly recommended for customers, but uh, churches still are limited to gatherings of 10 people or fewer. Of course, so really no putting these numbers, so is it 50 people and 10 people? So if you have a mega church and, you, and you're Joel Osteen doing it in the Astrodome, you can still only have 10 people. Correct. And, no, and no, and and on top of that, uh, it doesn't matter if the gathering is indoors or outdoors. You still are only limited to the 10 people. You look like you're... Look, we're not allowed to throw cups on the show. No, please, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, that would be funny, though, if you did. I don't I, care. I, Go I, for I, it. I'll be the guy. Well, hold it. on, I care. I just want you to drink it down and just slam it on the ground. I've had enough. I'm sorry, Listen, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah. Come on, man. This is the this is the most grotesque violation of our First Amendment, the, the freedom to practice your religion. You had the Department of Justice Tuesday. It's Thursday. Tuesday, write a letter to Newsom saying, "Hey, you can't do this." The Department of Justice reached out to a governor and said, "You can't shut churches down." Have you read the Constitution lately? You, you physically cannot do this. I would argue it's why our country is in the state we're in, right? Because we're shutting people in their homes earlier. Here's a guy that historically goes to the AA for 12 weeks straight. He's an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. He's there. He's up for assault and battery. Now you're telling him you can't see your AA guy. You can't mm-hmm. talk to your priest, your pastor. You can't go fellowship. You can't see your sponsor. What happens? Domestic violence through the roof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what's happening here. Yeah. Come on, man. I, ooh. Next. (laughs) Well, there's been a war on God in America for a very, very long time. And so, again, what are the Democrats doing? The socialists in America, and that is most of the Democrats, sadly, today, they are waging war on God. They want to take, and God we trust, off of police cars. So why not just take the parishioners out of every church in America? Mm -hmm. And so they're using this pandemic to do it. 
and I'm not surprised. So have you guys um, been up north to the Mall of America before? My yeah. neck of the woods? In the upper, so in the upper Midwest, man, that is a, that's a pilgrimage. You have to make a hajj to the Mall of America. It's the largest retail campus in the country. So on June 1st, that building, that campus is going to be able to be 50% full. All right, 50% of that campus full is, a, is still a slightly, is a low populated city, right? Mm-hmm. So 50% of the Mall of, Mall of America can be full on June 1st, but you can't put 500 people in a church. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a massive strategic blunder because what, he, what Governor Waltz did here is, is there's been a large entity in this battle that has been sitting out. The Catholic Church has largely been sitting it out. And even in my home state of Iowa, where our governor said on May 1, hey, I have emergency powers. They expired. I can't hold churches closed. You have a First Amendment. I'm not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Our archdiocese in Iowa are still closed. They don't want to open back up. Well, what this governor did, see, is he kind of rubbed their nose in it. He forced them to act when they didn't really want to. By, by making it so obvious that he just didn't want you preaching that message that challenges his authority in your churches. He didn't give you another reason why this might happen when, 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 with, with this ridiculousness. He forced the Catholic Church in Minnesota to come off the sidelines. And now you've got like the Missouri Synod of, of the Lutheran Church. And Catholic, I don't think the Missouri Synod Lutheran Church and the Catholic Church has, have ever spoken anything other than a hello and get out of here in, in 200 years. And now they're working together to take on the governor of Minnesota because this is clear. The only motivation here is I don't want you in those buildings preaching those messages. That's the only yep, motivation. A, yeah. it, I mean, it, it has to be. And, uh, you know, muzzle. Yaku, you, <laughs> it is. You pointed out California. You know, this is not, it's not the only state that this is happening in. And I will also say the guidelines for phase four are still, you know, they're in phase three now. Yes. They're rolling it out. Phase four, still more stringent for churches than restaurants. Uh, they're letting up to 20 people have an indoor gathering at church. Up to 100 outdoors, though, with social distancing. They're, they're being so, it's the benevolent overlords. Can, can I say this? There should the not government. be, there's been over 300 studies of this virus's transmission. All of them have rejected a concern about outdoor spread yep. right. all over the world there should not be my home state just signed up for soft for, for summer sports yeah. there should not be an outdoor event anywhere in america canceled if anything we need to take the indoor events yes. and move them outdoor Absolutely. into the heat yes. and get the people out Absolutely. there in the sunlight and the fresh air and 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 get us out of these uh, in sterile indoor environments every outdoor event in america ought to be taking place right now yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they, you're expecting them to like use logic. logic and facts to base their decisions off of. And we know they're not actually going to do that. They're basing their decisions off of hate and despise. I That's agree. what they're basing and their decisions political, off Political motive. Right. Yes. Control. It's, this for is sure. it, man. It's, it's November. Point. Yeah. Fear, it's November. And, fear and control. All right. Coming up next, uh, Chris Cuomo and uh, State TV. I'm sorry. I'm almost said state TV. I meant CNN. Uh, Engage in a really cutesy little interview with uh, Andrew Cuomo, even though Andrew Cuomo has some actually serious questions to answer about nursing homes. Back in a minute. This is Swamp. Yes. Have you seen it? All right. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo still refuses to accept any sort of accountability uh, for all of the thousands of nursing home deaths after he, of course, ordered these nursing homes to accept coronavirus positive patients without any you know, regard, rhyme or reason to it. Uh, now, here is, of course, you hear Governor Cuomo not taking responsibility, but also 
orange man bad, as Steve pointed out earlier in the show. I mean, do you just blame Trump for everything that you do wrong in life? And it's totally fine. Here's a little bit of what Governor Cuomo had to say. Look, this is a political season. I get it. Uh, I have refrained from politics. I'm not going to get into the back political back and forth. But uh, anyone but who wants <laughs> to ask why did the state uh, do that with COVID patients in nursing home, it's because the state followed President Trump's CDC guidance. So they should ask President Trump. I think I think that will stop the conversation. Are you numbers? Because that's an accusation that you're facing, that you are changing the numbers to make. Well, let's, let's go back. Let's do one at a time. Okay. Your first point, why did the state do that? Because the state followed President Trump's CDC's guidance. Okay? That's that answer. Uh, no numbers were changed. Uh, Grant, your quick thoughts on that. I mean, this guy is unbelievable the way he runs this as a politician. Because truthfully, if you're his political director, he's freaking brilliant. Because no one's going to go back and check. This guy made the decision to put the, the, the people in the nursing homes. The most vulnerable people society has. He made the decision. Don't come back to President Trump. But you know what? If you say it to a willing and believing media mm-hmm. and you push this narrative, hey, it's President Trump. It doesn't matter that it's absolutely false. People will believe it. I promise you everyone watching CNN will believe him now that this was President Trump's grand scheme to put people in nursing homes that have COVID-19. It was a ridiculous, utterly deadly decision that falls squarely on the shoulders of Andrew Cuomo. Steve. The two most reprehensible decisions that have been made, if we said earlier that we thought the worst political decision that was made was Trump extending the guidelines, the two most actual policy, most reprehensible decisions that were made were the governors. Cuomo did the worst of it with the reinfecting the nursing homes with the discharged COVID-19 patients. Michigan did some of it. Pennsylvania did some of it. But New York did it uh, way over the other two states. And then they waited until April the 29th to begin daily sanitizing of the MTA system. And I mean, you go back, guys, and find there were stories in New York City this entire time of the subways were packed. Mm-hmm. Homeless people were living there, defecating there. Mm-hmm. Um, emergency workers could, were, were late to work because they were, their seats were occupied on the subways the entire time. The fact that they were left open to begin with. And then he didn't order them to be daily sanitized until April 29th. Those are the absolute two most reprehensible decisions. Uh, he made them both. And yet you see a lot of the media in what I like to call left America. Uh, they are they're running tasks, you know, uh, probed versions of interference on his behalf. Yeah, he is quite the media darling. These days. President Trump did not tell Andrew Cuomo to send sick old people to the old age home. OK, in the story, he did not do that. Secondly, this guy is the guy releasing prisoners from jail. Mm-hmm. Right. This guy, he says it's not about politics. It's all politics. I wish he would care about the people in his state for one second. He doesn't. Yes. To everything you just said. That's negligence, but I also don't think it's, it, it's not on his watch. He knew. He knew. He just, he doesn't care enough. And they've made President Trump a pinata. Mm-hmm. And they're going to swing at this pinata. The, the funny thing just is it's not breaking, yeah. right? It's going to stay intact and the guy's going to, but I, I'm just like, what's next? 
What comes next? What else do you throw? Oh, don't at put you? that kind of bad juju on. No, 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 we no, don't, I don't want to know what's next. No, right. I mean we're covering it in, in, in I, the show here with them coming back with more impeachment talk and all this nonsense. I, I know, mean. I know. Uh, all right, I do want to get to though. So of course, all of this is going on with Governor Cuomo. Uh, he should have to answer these questions. He has really hard questions to answer. Yet he goes on CNN State TV with uh, his brother Chris Cuomo, and instead of asking him any sort of questions about the handling of coronavirus, this happens. Is it true that this was the swab that the nurse was actually using on you and that at first it went into your nose and disappeared so that in scale, this was the actual swab that was being used to fit up that double barrel shotgun that you have mounted on the front of your pretty face? (laughs) <laughs> okay so Go you're on. gonna be mad at me i this am maybe the first time so i would rather have these two idiots doing this stupid shtick yeah than them bashing president trump and, and if you saw the, Democrat the video mother's brothers yeah the smothers yeah. brothers exactly <laughs> if you saw the video now i'm half italian my mother's name was minervini uh-huh. and i have a minervini schnoz this okay. is what we call this the minervini schnoz okay. <laughs> That swab went nearly three quarters up Andrew Cuomo's nose. If you watch the video, they did. And, 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 mean, and to give context the, to, for the viewers, they did. It, it was a video of Andrew Cuomo getting, getting the swab it. to encourage it, residents to do and it. And so, to me, look, are they are they idiots? Are they crazy? Do they hate President Trump? More importantly, do they hate all of us? Absolutely. Did I think the swab shtick was kind of funny? Uh, I thought it was funny. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Maybe Sarah. if it was the first one they've ever done, but I feel like every time they go on television, they're like, look how cute we are. We're brothers. It, took us, over, we're brothers? it took us over a year to disagree on something. I know. You realize that, I right? know. That's a good track record. <laughs> See if you're I, I hate you for, for making me watch that clip. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all Steve yes. has. Yes. Not my humor, man. No? Uh-uh. I, I don't want to see any of them. So uh, the problem is, and Sarah made a great point, is they're doing this every time he right, comes right. on. And in well, some and respects, CNN is is criticizing Fox for being fake news. Right. And he goes on and is just like, hey, brother. As a former journalist, yeah. if you went and you asked real journalists back in the day, you would not have the brother interviewing right. the governor who has to ask tough questions. Bring in somebody else. Excuse yourself from that job and have somebody else. But they're not real journalists at CNN. Yeah. So this is what they do. Yeah. All right. Uh, back in a minute. That's yeah. I just. I mean, call, just call it comedy hour and just do a little bit, right? Right. Yesterday's poll: If President Trump called Stacey Abrams morbidly obese, like Pelosi called him, would the media have the same reaction? Shrugging it off. You guys make me read these polls out loud, like publicly, and I kind of resent you for it. Ninety-six uh, percent of you said no. Four percent of you are wrong and said yes. Um, obviously, the media would have blasted President. Trump. I mean, they blasted him for saying far less. Right, because yeah. a man's not allowed to talk about a woman, I guess, but women can say whatever they want about men in this weird backwards world we're living in. Uh, all right, today's poll, which Cuomo brother has done more damn? I'm sorry, Steve. Steve's about to walk off set. He can't handle this, this Chris Cuomo, Show Andrew me a picture Cuomo. of Donald Trump doing Stacey Abrams' Mrs. Doubtfire, and we'll call it. <laughs> okay. 
I really w- I want that to exist. I want that to exist really badly. Uh, which Cuomo brother has done more damage to America? Now, I could tell you that the options are Chris or Andrew, but what's written here is actually Fredo. So, Fredo, nice. Cuomo, nice. or Andrew, which has done more damage to America? That's tough. That's actually a tough one. Grant, can you answer it? I'm going Chris. Yeah, I think the, the problem where I would say Chris hasn't done all that much damage to America is because exactly what we just said. He's preaching to his own choir. No one's watching him? No, and nobody's watching him. He, <laughs> he's got the same crew that is listening to him. I don't think he's really getting to infect the minds of smart people. Yeah. And yeah. smart people certainly aren't watching CNN. No. Yeah. All right. What do you think, Steve? It's the governor because he actually makes policies. Yeah. And a couple of those policies are just morally reprehensible that he made, as we just talked about. The yeah. governor. The no governor. doubt. No doubt. All right, well, let us know what you think. Uh, you can go to the Blaze's Twitter. By the way, I've had a couple questions on social media lately. It's not Blaze TV's Twitter. I know we have two. It's The Blaze. So go to at The Blaze to participate in this poll. You're welcome for clearing up the confusion. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for being here and joining me. It was a pleasure. Thank we'll you. see you guys tomorrow.